0: APU American Public University is proud to present Online Teaching Lounge. This is episode number 93, Arts-Based Teaching Across Disciplines. Welcome to the Online Teaching Lounge. We're here with Dr. Kathleen Tate and Dr. Greg Mandalis talking today about arts-based teaching across disciplines. Welcome Kathleen and Greg. Bethany, thank you for having us. I'm so excited about this topic.
1: Thanks, we appreciate being here again.
0: Fantastic. So I'm curious, what can you tell our listeners today to help them get ready for this subject of arts-based teaching across disciplines? What does that mean?
2: That's a good question first, a lot of people think, why use arts-based approaches? Well, first, let me share that research shows by fourth grade, if creativity isn't cultivated, it drops off. And we do not want that to happen. We want creative lawyers. We want creative engineers, creative doctors. We want everyone to be creative problem solvers in society. So arts are very important and an area where students of all ages can be very creative it's also more interesting to learn with about and through the arts so for example instead of just reading about westward expansion it's much more interesting to create murals based on research it's more interesting and engaging to act out scenarios whether it's through improv, pantomime, or scripted puppet shows or things like that. And these are things that can be done face-to-face or online.
1: Yeah, I agree. I have a background in the arts. I taught music and band for many, many years, 18 years before becoming a principal and then later working in the online world of higher ed. So I already have an interest in this to begin with. But For somebody from a non-arts background, I think it's important to realize that arts equals emotion. And when we can tie emotion into our lessons anyway, I believe it sticks better with students. I believe that we own information quicker when we can tie some sort of an emotion to it. And we're going to talk about lots of different types of ways to integrate the various types of arts into the classroom. But I think it's an important topic. When I was doing my undergrad work, I remember all of this research into arts and how it makes you smarter. And that research really hasn't gone away. It just keeps on building upon itself. So I think it would be silly of us to ignore the power that the arts have.
2: Greg, I think that's great that you brought up the emotional aspect of it. I know when children, teens, adults look at certain artwork or photographs or hear a poem or a song representing people or an era, or a historical event or current event, it can be very emotional and moving. And that's very engaging and it can just draw students in so much better into learning and wanting to research and read and discuss whatever the focus is.
1: That's right. I get questions sometimes though from teachers when I speak to them about integrating the arts. The first art that they think of is music. When they ask me, well, I'm not musically inclined. How am I going to incorporate music into my classroom? Um, What considerations should I make? And the great news is you can incorporate music without being a musician yourself, especially with the technology that's available today. A lot of this is available, obviously, online and face-to-face as well. But anytime you can get music involved in your classroom, I think it does create that emotion we talked about earlier And it can be as simple as playing a song in the background during your lesson that that evokes the emotion that your lesson is aimed at. For example, maybe you are talking about a historical lesson and you're talking about something tragic, like maybe World War II, something terrible that happened. And maybe you do want that music in the background that is evoking that particular emotion that you want the kids to connect with.
2: Yes, music can really help set the tone and draw students in, but it's also a creative outlet For example, maybe in fifth grade, students are studying landforms. Landforms may not sound like the most exciting topic, but what if they take a familiar song like Three Blind Mice and have to change the words and make the song about some aspect of landforms? That requires a lot of synthesis, synthesizing, critical thinking, analyzing, comparing, contrasting, and of course, creativity. And they can even set music to it, play a little keyboard. You know, it's a very simple song with only a few notes. And if a teacher doesn't have a keyboard, well, the music teacher might. And if it's at a distance, there are programs. I know the San Francisco Symphony website has a great website for children, for example, and older kids could use that, even adults where you can play a virtual keyboard. There are a lot of websites like that. A lot of people have keyboards on their phones or their tablets. So it's very doable to even do at a distance.
0: Okay, what about this idea of creating a music video? Like we could have the children or the young people in the class we're teaching online take a YouTube video and just play the video while making a video of themselves You know, if you have the background track or something, there's often an instrumental version making up those new lyrics or even creating a lip sync video as a project. That might be kind of a fun way to include the performance aspect. What do you think?
2: Absolutely. Also, students can even just do voiceovers on PowerPoint so they can select the images or art or historical photographs, science pictures of science, things like landforms or volcanoes and create music that way. So, yes, I mean, there are so many possibilities, Bethany.
0: Fantastic. So how about visual arts? What would be a good way to integrate the visual arts, especially online?
2: Well, this is becoming easier and easier, to be honest, because so many museums and Google, Google art, there are thousands of visual art pieces, sculptures, murals. There are so many things online to easily integrate, whether you're teaching face-to-face or virtually. So it's very easy to find art that goes along with stories or characters or even in language arts. If you're looking at parts of speech, adjectives, why not use art or pictures to pair up and Think about what's dark, darker, darkest, or what's happy, what's sad. It's so easy to integrate the arts and also have students create art projects and use different medium like construction paper, paint, cotton, whatever, home objects. And they can do this at home if they're virtual. They can do it in the classroom. If teachers do not feel especially knowledgeable in this area, it's easy to research or just get with the art teacher or the music teacher, like in the last examples, and get some ideas and make sure that the art component is taught and addressed you know, appropriately along with the language arts or social studies or science or math content.
1: Yeah, I think those are good points. And as someone who is very musically inclined but can't draw a stick figure, <laughs> I can tell you that I am still moved by visual arts. Back to my undergrad work, I remember taking a class on art appreciation, and I certainly can appreciate art, and it certainly does move me. So I think it's another real opportunity for us to evoke emotion when we can incorporate visual arts as well.
2: And there are also so many programs on our computers and phones where we can use our finger and draw and create things maybe more elaboratively than we could if we can only draw stick figures. There are programs online, I think it's called Picasso Head, where you can create figures similar to how Picasso did. You can select different noses and mouths and things. So it's really neat. Students can learn about different artists and even create art in that same way.
1: Okay, Kathleen, I'm going to throw a tough one at you. Dance integration. So dance is a form of art. And we know that movement can be powerful with our students. When we're teaching online, how do we do that? What tech can assist us with incorporating dance? And when I was considering this question, I I thought about those cameras that follow the action. I think they're called owl cameras, and they move wherever the person's at. So I think in the online world, if we did want to incorporate dance, I still think we can do it. I think we just have to have the right technology to do it. And the good news is students, especially our younger students, they're good at this already. They know how to record themselves making different videos. So I think it's important that we uh, come up with ways to incorporate dance as well. What do you think, Kathleen?
2: Absolutely. Of course, it's easier in the classroom, in the traditional classroom than online. You know, some dances require partners and moving and changing partners. So that can be a challenge. But I think students can still... Watch dances, especially those that are culturally attached to different regions or time periods. They can try to replicate some of them and film themselves maybe just for the teacher. They can maybe compare and contrast more historical or cultural dances to more modern dances. Also, when they're creating music about a topic like volcanoes or something, why not add a dance element to it? It's very easy to look at the national or state standards, look at what the students need to be learning at their grade level and incorporate that one thing. Teach the students about it, show them a video and then say you need to incorporate this dance step into your dance and musical piece about volcanoes or whatever. I think that can be very exciting and engaging for students.
0: Thank you, Kathleen and Greg. We'll be right back after a brief message. At American Public University, we believe higher education is not one size fits all. That's why we offer 200 modern programs that build on your knowledge and fit your schedule. Because we believe universities should adapt to the needs of students, not the other way around. American Public University, within reach, without limits. Online classes start every month. Learn more at AmericanPublicU.com And we're back with Dr. Kathleen Tate and Dr. Greg Mandalis talking about arts-based approaches. We've covered so far music, dance, visual arts. What more can we do to integrate the arts online and live in our teaching?
2: Well, theater arts is the fourth category of the arts. is a world of possibility. A lot of teachers are already doing things like reader's theater and they may have little puppets or something to go hand in hand with that. Of course, you can do puppet shows and write the scripts. It's important to do a variety of things though. And there's a progression with theater arts with no talking, for example, and just body movement. So in math, you can do shapes like have students get together and create a trapezoid or a triangle hexagon. Now that is a challenge virtually, but they could definitely draw these things and that gets in the visual arts. But there's a progression with panda mining. They can do that at a distance or face-to-face. It often helps to do that in pairs or with a puppet so they don't feel so much like they're on the spot. And then kind of progressing into improv, practicing off the cuff speech after warming up with pantomime activities and theater games, and then progressing to skits and role playing. And role playing, skits, pantomime, all of these things can be done with stories and literature before reading, during reading, after reading, it can be done with events, historical figures. Science things show how a seed becomes a flower. You can pantomime and act that out. There are no limits with theater arts integration.
1: This kind of reminds me of um, earlier podcasts we had on social emotional learning. And I know I keep going back to this emotional tie to things. We spoke about social stories and how powerful that can be to teach students about social aspects. And I think that is an excellent way to integrate theater arts, especially if the students themselves are acting out the stories. So, great ideas.
2: Yeah, and there are interesting things we can do that are very creative. For example, listen to Martin Luther King's speech and then have the students pretend they're reporters either preparing questions for him after the speech or maybe they have a panel, a talk show, and they're discussing his speech ways to really extend the learning and go deeper through fun activities. And there are no right or wrong ways necessarily to pantomime or improv or write skits or do these things. So there's some leeway. There's a lot of room for all students to engage and participate at their level. And without there being one right or wrong answer, what I mean is it's not like true, false or multiple choice. You know, there's such a range of possibilities It really builds self-esteem and gets students even more engaged ultimately.
0: So how would we plan some of these things that can address the standards or develop more of your abilities if you're feeling really not prepared in this area as an educator? What would be some resources that our listeners could go to?
2: Yeah, that's a good point, Bethany. Even my own research, I found those that tended to participate in arts-type activities when they were younger felt more comfortable as educators or, you know, when they're older. And if they didn't have those experiences when they're younger, they are less likely to do these kinds of things in their teaching. And I want to encourage anyone who's listening to please do these things. It's worth it. We, there's more and more research, as Greg mentioned, about how the arts – are very empowering for learning and achievement across the curriculum. So first of all, collaboration is important. There's nothing wrong with collaborating with the art music PE teacher for movement at the school, and also trying to engage with local artists. I find that they are usually very willing to give their time and give ideas and share and even be guests in the classroom and they can help plan you've got to look at the standards. There are usually state standards, definitely national art standards. They're very simple and just make sure that lessons are really addressing those things. And then read some articles, read some books and start with one activity at a time. Do a lesson maybe that you've done before that you're familiar with in a past year and integrate one art aspect and see how it goes if it's successful that's great maybe move to a next step or if it's not successful regroup reflect and see how it might be tweaked to be a bit better
1: i agree with all that and i would say that the first thing you want to do is start small like kathleen said don't jump in with both feet if you're not completely comfortable yet and a great way to do that is through differentiated assessment I like the idea of having several options to assess students on what they know or or can show what they can do. And one of those options would be great if it was some sort of an arts option. It will show you which students naturally gravitate towards that and will give you some assessment data that you can build on for your future lessons once you know what students enjoy learning and how they enjoy learning best. But start small. Any bit that you can add to your lesson is helpful. And I think you're gonna find as a teacher, it makes you a better teacher and a more engaged teacher. And it'll also add a little bit of spice to your lessons yourself. You know, I, I remember teaching the same lesson over and over and over again, and that's not great. We should grow as teachers and change our lessons as we go and push ourselves. If you're not somebody who's real familiar with the arts right now, I think it's a great opportunity for you. And I think it's a growth opportunity.
2: And I will say even older students, adult students, when I've taught grad students either face-to-face or online, they enjoy even making posters. Like maybe for the week, they're the illustrator in the group discussion. And they come and they could show a poster online or use something like Glog or another interactive poster-making website. And they seem to get really into it and really engage to try to show sophisticated concepts about what they're studying through visuals they also dramatize things. So these things are helpful for all ages. And even if the students are hesitant, I remember when I taught fifth grade, we would sing songs about the planets before we got into more in-depth study of fifth grade type concepts with astrology. I mean, astronomy, not astrology. But some of the students didn't really want to sing, but they would. And because we were all singing together, and I know that hearing the sing-songy rhymes and patterns really helps some of the factoids become better internalized in their schema and their brains. So it's important to set comfortable environment and just keep trying and encouraging yourself and the students to participate.
0: All right. So we're going to enter our wrap up here and i would like to thank you dr kathleen tate and dr greg Mandalis, for being with us today speaking about the arts integration ideas any final words you'd like our listeners to leave with today let's start with you greg i'm going back to starting small
1: and pushing yourself as a teacher i think that in my own career The times when I've pushed myself to try something different, I feel that that's when I grew. And sometimes I fell on my face and had to start over. And that's okay. If you're not completely comfortable with the arts, it's perfectly fine. But I just encourage you to get out there and give it a shot. Start integrating some of this. It's worth it. The research says it's worth it. And um, I think you're doing what's best for your students when you try this.
2: I agree with what Greg has said. And... I think beyond the research, too, when you do arts-based approaches in your classes, you see the students' reactions and you see how their engagement in the content, whatever it is, science, social studies, math, language arts, increases. And it's a win-win for everyone. It's important to collaborate. It's not a sign of weakness. I think sometimes when teachers have an issue in the classroom or they want to know more about a teaching method They think it's a sign of weakness to seek out help or collaboration, and it's not. It's the opposite. A strong teacher will do whatever it takes to have the best learning experience for the students, and that includes talking to colleagues and mentors. So I I think those are the main things. And and just remember to research, just like you would if you were teaching about the American Revolution, you know, you're going to research and make sure you're prepared to teach that content. It's the same thing with the arts, just do a little research about what you want to integrate, look at that standard, look up some information. And it's that simple.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for being here today. I'd like to encourage our listeners to look back and visit some of our previous episodes with Dr. Kathleen Tate and Dr. Greg Mandalis for some additional areas mentioned today. We have episode 80 about social emotional learning and episode 89 about classroom management. Again, thank you for being with us today and best wishes to all of our listeners in your online teaching. This is Dr. Bethany Hansen, your host for the Online Teaching Lounge podcast. To share comments and requests for future episodes, please visit bethanyhansen.com forward slash request. Best wishes this coming week in your online teaching journey. For more information about our university, visit us at study at apu.com. APU.